In today's episode, we're speaking to Michelle Hext. Michelle had a successful brick and mortar business in martial arts schools, as well as online businesses, and her area expertise is high ticket sales. She has created 300 successful online programs. She's a published author three times, and she's trained martial arts in trade martial arts students since she was 22, and holds a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo. And today we're speaking to Michelle to find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. Once again, we have the amazing, the wonderful Michelle Hext. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for coming back, Michelle. We did actually interview Michelle first on Friday Feature, but we sort of lost the interview, so we had to tell her back. So, Michelle, everyone's heard how amazing you are. Please share in your own uh, words what it is that you do. Yeah, so I'm a high-ticket coach, and I work in the area specifically of helping other coaches move into that high-ticket space. So, Essentially, my superpower is helping people figure out what their sweet spot is and then how we package and price that. Then I teach them how to go out and uh, sell those big ticket offers. Awesome, awesome. So now, Michelle, please talk us through how you've got your your credentials are amazing and you are such a high achiever and you have such large following on social media and everything. But I want people to know Michelle, the person, and, and what was her journey. So can you talk us through what led you to be where you are right now? Yeah, it's one of those, uh, like they always are in the entrepreneurial space, they're a a twisting, turning, winding kind of road to get me here. But um, just want to put a flag to your um, listeners that I did a long haul flight from Australia to the US and I just landed in the US. So if if I go off on a tangent, my brain's not quite caught up. So feel free to rein me back in. But um, yeah, so I've arrived at this place now where I work with, you know, the, the I guess the 1% within the 1% in this industry, um, they're the people who are ready to invest big and, and yeah, they, they, they want to take their business all the way and they know they've got something that's, you know, we can turn into a really profitable, um, easy kind of business. And I, I love all of that, but it didn't start there. So, um, you know, my journey started, I guess, when we're talking about that hero's journey, it goes all the way back to being a little girl who was, you know, living in domestic violence, Um, there was sexual abuse as well. Um, My mother's sister, her husband. Um, So I was in that kind of terrifying position from when I was six until I was 10. And plus, yeah, and and my mum also left my dad when I was about 10. So, you know, life really got better after 10, you know, but the domestic violence, you know, anybody who has grown up in that environment um, will tell you it just changes everything about your life. You, you're scared all the time. Um, you you are trying to read the room all of the time because you want to know if it's safe to be there or if you need to make yourself scarce because something's going to blow up. So, 
yeah, quite terrifying as a child. And it really does change you. You're living on, you know, your adrenals are just squirting the whole time. And it changes a lot about who you are. And for me, I took that, you know, I, I took it to be a positive thing in the end. You know, you, you've got to make the best of these things, right? And for me, what I, the one thing that's came that came from that for me is I can read people. I can see what's going on underneath. I can, if somebody's telling me something and it doesn't make sense, it's because I'm picking up on what's going on underneath. And I can always, always get to the root of what's going on for my clients. I can always read very, very quickly if they're going to be somebody that is going to be a good fit, somebody I believe can be successful, all those sorts of things. So while it was terrifying as a child, it's really given me, you know, a great, ability to read people, which I think is very important in, in my industry. Um, so that was that. Um, by the time I was 14, my mum told me, um, so I'd finished school at the end of the year, I was 14. Uh, and she let me know that I wasn't going back to school the next year because she wasn't investing in that because I was wasting everybody's time. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, I had a lot of chaos going on. I couldn't concentrate, just couldn't, couldn't get my shit together in the classroom. And so um, I didn't know why, you know, that, that I was told I was dumb. And so I thought, well, that's must be true because I can't get my shit together in the classroom. And it was only later I realized it was trauma, just, you know, making it very difficult for me to learn. So I had my first job at 14. Um, and by the time I was 16 I'd moved out of home so I was living as an adult as a 16 year old Mm -hmm. um you know going to work every day paying the rent um all of those things you know and it felt good it felt really good you know I my whole childhood I'd journaled and was just I couldn't wait to be an adult to have my freedom to be able to go and make my own choices and things like that so that's what I did you know I remember even as an 11 year old sitting in my bedroom, like plotting to take over the world, like in a good way, you know, I I knew I was going to be something. I knew I was going to make something of myself. No idea what that looked like, but I just knew that if I could just get out of here and I could just make my way, I know I'll make something of myself. And, you know, it took a few few years to figure out what that was, but um, by the time I was 20, um, I, I took my first trip to the U.S., um, I visited 20 states. I went over on my own. Um, I had a girlfriend who was supposed to come with me and um, she bailed and I'm like, well, I'm going. And so I did. I came over to the States for, um, yeah, it was, I don't know, a couple of months and I saw 20 states. And that just lit something in me. Travel lit something in me. Um, and part of that trip, we did a lot of um I did a Trek America for three parts of it. And Trek America is, it's a small organization. So it's not like a big Kentucky bus. There was like eight of us in this little minivan and then we would camp in a lot of different places. And it was amazing. And we spent a lot of time in national parks and hiking and things like that. And I remember just thinking, I want to be a park ranger. <laughs> like that's what I want to be. And so I got back to Australia and I just started looking into going back to school um, to, to be a park ranger. And so I did a, a year of correspondence while I worked in hospitality. And then um, my first lesson back, I had like red marks all through it. It was like, this is an epic failure. <laughs> no, no. And I just was devastated. Um, and it just reinforced, I am dumb. I'm not going to be able to do this. 
Um, but luckily I had an amazing boyfriend at the time and he said, do it again. And I'm like, do it again. And so he helped me and I got that assignment back and I had really great marks. And, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I applied to go to back to school full time. I was an older student there um, and I nailed it. I just came out, They at our graduation, they just raved about me. You know, the head of department just got on stage and was like ranting about me. And while I was at school, I was also doing my pilot's license and I was working, you know, almost the equivalent of full-time hours in hospitality. And so it was a pretty full-on couple of years, but I did it. I made it work. And um, it was noticed. And so what I filed away from that day as, as the, they were talking about this person, you know, at the graduation ceremony, it dawned on me, it's like they're talking about me. And then I realised, you know, when you just quietly go about your business but you're just doing what it takes, people notice, you know, and that was something that I really filed away. Um, and so I was doing all of my study. I graduated from that. There were no jobs going at the time, but I found Taekwondo at the same time. I started training in, in the martial art of Taekwondo and that took over my life. I just fell in love with it and it gave me all of the things that were missing in my childhood, that it gave structure um, and it gave me a way to set and achieve goals that were really, it worked for my brain. So the first grading, you know, I was getting ready for my first grading. The instructor handed me a piece of paper and it's like, you've got to do all of these things to a high standard. And if you tick the boxes on all of these things, you'll pass. And I'm like, well, I can do that. And so it just, my brain loved it because it was like, nobody's changing the rules here. It's not mm -hmm. random. It's very precise. And I know that I'll get what I put into it. And so I graded for my black belt within 18 months and I was in st assistant instructing within about two months of being at the club. And um, yeah, that became part of my life. So the becoming a park ranger and a pilot kind of flew by the wayside and I threw myself into Taekwondo. And, and that was where... That's that was a big the, change, though, but that's a big change, going park ranger and a pilot to going into Taekwondo. What? Yeah. How did you, how did you, how do you, how do you tell yourself, you know, all the time and all the energy invested into becoming a pilot and a park ranger, you're just going to let it go and go into a complete different career. How did you, how did you, how do you talk to yourself like that? Yeah. And this has been the story through my whole life though. Um, if I find something that I'm more passionate about, I'm going to follow my nose. You know, I don't, think about the wasted hours. It wasn't a waste for me to go back to school because mm. I learned something about myself. You know, I learned that my brain can study. I can do these things. Um, and I was just so well received in that environment that, you know, that was never a loss. Getting my pilot's license, doing my first solo flight, you know, none of those things, you know, landing the plane in front of a group of men and them clapping because it was just like incredible you know, that's not wasted for me. No, nothing that I've ever done has felt wasted. But this was excited me more, right? And so for me, it's like I, I don't put too much thought into and weigh pros and cons. I've never been that person. I've just been this feels like in my gut, this feels like what I need to do. And so I did. And it's always proven me right. And so, you know, my first business was a martial arts school. Um, my most successful business in that space was a women's only taekwondo school um, and I loved that business 
Um, I wrote a book in the martial arts space and two books in the martial arts space, actually. Um, and that was a big part of my life. And it taught me, um, you know, the art of coaching, you know, that's in the early 90s, 1991, I had my first school, I think, 92 maybe. And when you are coaching people to go fight for contact or when you're coaching people to grade for a black belt or their first grading, you know, they're the significant ones, um, you have to know people and you have to know how to get the best out of people. You have to know how to help them to overcome fears and resistance and all of those things. You know, people get to red belt and black belt is the next belt and they want to quit. They freak out because they think they're not good enough or, you know, they, they, they won't be able to do it. And so that was such a great foundational piece for me and my, you know, learning how to coach people. And then it was only when, um, you know, still in the 90s that coaching became, became, it came onto my radar in Australia. And then I saw marketing for a coaching, pro, a coaching certification um, with results coaching systems. Um, David Rock is the founder of results. I don't think it's still running. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just like, that's me. That's exactly what I need to do. And so I went and got myself qualified as a coach um, in the late 90s. Um, and at one stage, I had my martial arts school on one side of the street and my my coaching offices on the other side of the street. I'm not even kidding. And so I would coach people during the day. I'd put my domok on and go teach classes at night and I loved it. And so, and the coaching business has evolved from yeah. there, you know, from that back in the day when, you know, it was the, the 90s and the, there was no social media, you know. I grew my business through um, newspaper ads and being smart about it. I had them give me um, a, a column in the local paper for 13 weeks and I ran a, a coaching-based column, you know, coaching program through the newspaper and that grew my business. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's evolved. It's been an evolution since then, um, just, again, following my nose and figuring out, you know, what am I best at? Like where am I, you know, where am I good? Where do I get the best results for my clients? What makes me feel excited and the business space spoke to me you know I'd been in business since the early 90s and had been successful as a business person from from day one really and knew that I could that that was what excited me the life coaching stuff was there and I did a little bit of it but the business stuff is what really lit me up and so again I just followed my nose and ended up here eventually wow I mean that's quite a journey in itself and it definitely has its ups and downs on the way but I want to talk to you about, you know, when you left uh, one um, one aspect and moved to another, there was financial, obviously, aspects to it too. How did you work on your mindset? How did you, you know, convince yourself, now this is the right thing to do and I can afford to do it, I can make it happen. How did you work around the finances, which is the biggest hurdle yeah. for most people when they want to change careers? Because even now, a lot of the people listening to this podcast, uh, there are either corporate employees or corporate employees who've transitioned over and become entrepreneurs. Yeah. But either way, the reason why it took so long for them to come over, the ones who have, is finances because they're so used to having a certain lifestyle with a certain amount of income from the job they've been doing for years, which they've studied for another, you know, God knows how many years. How do you sort of get work around your mindset for when you transition over to another career? Yeah, it was a full-time job. <laughs> the money mindset stuff um but honestly you know I never had anything to lose because we never had anything growing up and so when I started earning my own money um you know in my 
So I had a job from when I was 14 and I was still working hospitality until I was in my, till I was 22, I think it was. And then after that, I've been self-employed ever since. So that's 31 years. Mm. And I've always just known how to make money and, but not a lot. You know, I, I went through that phase of just being able to make ends meet. You know, I was a single mom for a lot of that and had to figure out, especially after I had my kids, how to just make ends meet. And as you know, with the money stuff, if you expect to have just enough, that's what you have. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So I can remember, though, always investing in the things that I needed. So I remember um, it was 1995, I think it was, my daughter, no, 98, my daughter had just been born and I was a single mum. So I'd found out I was pregnant with her after I'd left my husband and we had a, a son together as well. So my son was maybe, he was 18 months or something like that. And I remember breastfeeding at night and sitting up and watching television and the Tony Robbins infomercial came on. And I'm like, oh my God, I need this. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Didn't have the money, but I I don't know how they did it. But back in the day, you could have your, you could buy it and they would add it to your power bill or something like that in equal payments. And I'm like, sign me up. And so I did the Tony Robbins thing and that was my, the 30 day personal power it was. And I was actually staying in um, a hotel room because I burnt my kitchen down and I had to move out of my house while they repaired the kitchen. And the day that I got back home into my own home with the kids, you know, my kids were with me obviously when I was in the hotel, but um, you know, just to get back into my own home, I had a bright, shiny, brand new kitchen and the 30 day personal power CDs were sitting on the doorstep when I arrived. And so um, I, you know, my little girl was maybe six weeks old, eight weeks old at that stage. So it was, you know, those early years are pretty hard. And yeah. so, especially as a single mom. And so I remember just waking up, I set the alarm and I would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning. The kids would wake up at about six or six 30. And I just listened to personal power every single day for 30 days. And it changed my life. And um, then I started to know about, you know, putting my mind in a bigger place, a more expanded place to expect more from myself. And I got to see that there's more than just getting by. And so, you know, I started to set goals and I started to figure out how to make more than just enough. And that was back in the day when I had my martial arts school and I knew exactly how many students would get me that amount of money. And so I just got the students, you know, and it's still what I use today, that process of um, figuring out what do I want? Okay, cool. I do the, I run the numbers, like how many clients, how many people would need to sign up to this course sort of thing to be able to hit those targets. Um, I do that and then I let it go because I know it's never a one-on-one equals two when it comes to, you know, bringing in the money. There's so much, you know, you've got to make room for miracles, right? And so um, definitely do that. But the money mindset stuff, I remember – you know, I'm very good at knowing when I'm up against my edge and I'm not, st- yeah, well, you know, you hit a wall and it's like, why am I not 
you know, every month on the money, it would be that amount or over the year, it would be that amount. And I knew for me that making more money was never about having a better product. Um, you know, that they, they're the details that you want to make yeah. sure are in place. But I knew it wasn't about that. I knew it was about having to create the identity shift of the person who is able to happily and easily and readily accept that sort of money into their life. And, you you know, I just shared my story. So you would know just based on that, because it's a story of many people, that yeah. um, when you grow up like that, you have to double down on the mindset stuff because Absolutely. it's just beyond yeah. your comprehension that you're going to be able to make, mm. you know, more than just enough. And so, you know, it's what I do. And, and even prior to coming um, to the US on this trip, because it's another level up, it's another... Um, you know, I've invested to be here in a program plus, you know, I always stay in fancy places um, and I knew it was going to cost me a lot of money and all the rest of it. And like it was affordable, but it was a line in the sand moment about this is where we start the next level up. And mm. so my work has been on the plane on the way here in the airport lounges um, this morning before I get on this call um, journaling and it's listening to different courses that I've purchased over the years or you know, reading books that help shift that. And it's just, I know I need to shift any blocks. I know I have to be open to receiving it. And I know I have to, I have to figure out like who is Michelle at the next level? Like what is, how does she think? What What are the sorts of things that, that does she do? And so I've just been like in, integrating and, you know, in, implement like a, what's the word, recoding all of that stuff. Um, because I know it's important. It's more important than anything else. Wonderful. And I love what you said that. So this is something that we work on quite extensively. I mean, I do that in my mastermind where, you know, after we, for the way I do it, we cleanse or we clear all your traumas, your, your, your stories first. And then once the slate is pretty much clean, then we get your identity. And then it's almost like, you know, because the all stories have gone now, we can now make a new picture of who you are, a new identity for you. And this is so crucial. And we do this as a last step because as a last module, because until then there's too much on there for you to actually you know, make a new picture. So first thing you need to do is clear all your tra- all traumas. But once you've done that, you can't just let, you know, okay, the universe can bring something else. You have to consciously think of who you want to be and I love what you said and then become that person, whoever it is. So if you are currently earning six figures on an annual basis, you have to become that person who earns six figures on a monthly basis. And if you want to go ahead and make seven figures on a monthly basis, then you have to become that person who earns seven figures on a monthly basis first before the seven figures will show up in your bank account. It's just, it's just very, very clear. A lot yeah. of the times we're expecting the money to show up first and for us to change after, which is putting the, you know, the, the car before the horse and it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. No. Yeah, just that. I think that was the game changer for me because it's it's pretty typical for, for entrepreneurs where, like you say, we're waiting for the money to show up so then we can be the person in those early days. And it, you're right, it just doesn't work that way. And people, even, you know, my clients, they'll be like, yeah, but just I want to know, like, what are the things that I need to do? And I'm like, yep, these are the things that you need to do, but they will never work unless you do this other work first. Mm. Take it from me, you know, take it from me and my experience with clients and myself and everything else. It's like, if you don't integrate that, you may get it, but it won't stay. That's, yeah. that, I love what you just said, because I find a lot of people that are, I mean, the entrepreneurs I work with, 
at the moment they are they're, they're earning um six figures on a monthly basis unfortunately it's not consistent and the reason why it's not consistent is for that exact reason it won't stay if you have these strategies and this new strategy the youtube the tiktok whatever whatever's the next new shining object at the moment you'll you'll use it and a lot of the time people have no problem making money initially but they have problem keeping it and keeping yeah. it consistent and this is, I'm yeah. so glad to tell you, this is, this is the key, isn't it? It's so true. And I've had it, you know, I went through this phase and it will probably happen again, but I know it and I'm ready for it. But I went through this phase where um, I would have like my biggest month ever and then I would have a couple of like the lowest months ever. And it was until I figured out, oh, okay, this is, I've rebounded because I haven't done the work. Mm. You know, it wasn't because suddenly I forgot how to make money or suddenly nobody wanted to buy my stuff. It was me. I was doing it all. I was like putting out this, you know, repellent on the end. You know, it's like people people pick up on our energy. And, you know, I, I would have, yeah, have people feedback and they say, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling you. I just wasn't feeling it. And I'm like, yeah, I know what I was putting out there. So energetically, you know. And this is so key because when you're coming from the energy of desperation, even if, you, if you're sounding, you're, from your perspective, you're sounding confident, but if you are given the energy of desperation, this is subconscious picked up by your clients and it repels them. And so money doesn't like desperation either and it moves away from you. When you're calm and collected and just know that it's kind of calm, doesn't really matter where, it's fine. I mean, my, my recent experience is I spoke to a client or potential client rather, who is the ideal client for me. She's just, I, you know, she she was apparently in love with me. And then when I spoke to her, I fell in love with her. And I have no idea why, but she's 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 sort of um, not signed up yet. I know she will eventually, but she hasn't signed up yet. Instead of going into thinking, oh, why isn't she signed up? She's so amazing, so perfect for me. And I would love to work with her because she is really amazing. Um, and I, I love who I work with. I'm very selective about who people I work with. Yeah. Instead of pushing on why isn't she signing up? Why isn't she coming? You know, I want to get started. I want to get her because I think she'll be a great case study as well. I've just let it go to the universe thinking, you know what, when the time's right, she'll come back. Because the thing is, I think the one thing that we don't realize as entrepreneurs is the abundance we are after, it may come from that particular client or it may come from another client or it may come from a different source altogether. It may come from, I don't know, an uh, inheritance we've forgotten about and just miraculously turns up at our doorstep. You don't know where your abundance, where your money is coming from. But if you are chasing opportunities, if you're chasing clients, that's a desperate uh, energy. So if you let them go, it doesn't matter how excited you are to work with them. Because I, 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 I choose clients so selectively because of my too. Yeah. Well, I have the issue that I have multiple other businesses and this, my coaching has become very small as a result. I don't have much time to work with uh, with a lot of clients. So I, I, I keep it a very small circle. But that means I, I mean, I'm heavily invested. When I open the invitation, I'm heavily invested. Like, oh, I really love you. I really, I think you're amazing. And I can't, I'd love to see what happens with you. And so I, I, I was thinking like, what's happened? You know, I thought she was in love with me. You know, why isn't, but instead of thinking, why isn't she coming? I thought, well, when's the time, when the time's right for her, she will. Yeah. Meanwhile, money, I mean, uh, for me, I'm, 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 I have to say, I, I can say this because I'm in a privileged position where money is no longer an issue. So I do make money, yeah. a lot more money from other businesses. Money was yeah. not the issue. But even even that, why isn't, you know, why isn't she, why am I not getting those right clients for my coaching business? When you get into that energy, even if you don't, even if it's not to do with money, I found that when I, when I was, when, it, when I, I thought because money is no longer an issue, clients are going to come, you know, very easily. Yeah, yeah. And it, wasn't the case 
it wasn't the case. I mean, that was, money was became a non-issue and it comes to me left, right, center. But yeah. the rights, I've said the rights of clients, clients come, but the rights of clients weren't. And it's when I sort of took a step back, like, oh, I thought I'm not running after clients because I don't need the money anymore. But now I'm running after clients because I want to work with these one, this, this amazing high, you know, yeah. high, you yeah. know high individuals, like these exciting people. That is still desperation. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's not for money, it's still, it's yeah. still for, for whatever reason, it still was. And I had to recognize it. And a recent incident really highlighted to me. I'm like, oh my God. Um, and this is, and I'm so glad you said this, this neediness in doesn't matter for what for what form, you know, name, um, uh, for clients, for money, whatever form it, sh- it takes up in, has a really low vibration and it repels yeah. the very thing you're after. And this includes romantic partners, by the way. So let's just add that to it. Yeah. Oh, it's, also- it's, it's, it's the same energy. It's like, do you want to be that desperate girl in the bar who's like chasing the guy? And every, you know, and, and it's always the girl that sits back and is pretty cool and just isn't that interested is who the guy's interested in right or the girl or or whatever but it's like money I I think there's so many parallels between how how women or anyone chases after you know the you know I I I I was going to say the opposite sex but it's not always the opposite sex whatever you know yeah 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 yeah. it's like yeah I think there are so many parallels in that for sure But, you know, I think you touched on something there. Um, what I always want my clients to know is like in the early days, you think every every no is life and death, you know, and if it's not this, then how is it ever going to work out? Like if it's not this, then I'm screwed. If I don't make this sale, then I'm screwed or whatever. And it, that is the white knuckle hard way to go about business, right? Because it it actually, it, it, I think the way we, we, my point, the way that I can make my point is that if you look at where you are now or when you have your you know, biggest month or whatever it was, if you sat down and planned for it to be that way, you couldn't have done it. Yeah. Like it, would, it never works out the way that you want it to, but, but or, or the way that you plan it within an inch of your life, it's going to happen, but it happens, right? And you look back and you're like, well, I would never have seen that. You know, I had a, a, a perfect client land in my lap. She listened to a podcast and um, she, you know, my, my fee is 10,000 US a month. And I had set targets for that month. It wasn't happening, wasn't happening, wasn't happening. She reached out to me. Um, I missed the message because it came through my private inbox. And then she emailed me. And then she also messaged me on my business page. I'm like, okay, this, this, I need to speak to this woman. And she signed up there and then. And she's perfect and she's amazing. And I said, how long have you been in my world? And she said, two days. I heard you on the internet. You know, I heard you on the podcast. I've been listening to everything. Um, you know, all of your podcasts have been, you know, watching your YouTube videos and all the rest of it. And she said, I know you're the right person for me. And she was the right person for me. Mm. But, you know, that that you can't account for that, right? And miracles happen all the time. Miracles happen mm. in in this space every single day. And it's not where you expect it to come from. You know, I've, I, I've had clients that one client in particular, the, the biggest month she'd ever had was $11,000. And that was when she was working with me. And then she went away. That was kind of from zero. And then she went away. She came back. Her best month was still 11000 And she said, I need you. I need to work with you again. I'm like, cool. And she had a $66,000 month that month mm-hmm. um, because, you know, she she knows that she elevates in in my energy and she just gets things done and all the rest of it. And it's the same with you, right? 
Um, And if we had a sat down and planned out, and this is exactly how you're going to make $66,000 this month, we couldn't have made it happen. You know, she'd come out of everywhere. You know what I mean? Like the miracles were happening everywhere. And I love, that's what I love about our industry that, you know, you can be sitting there struggling right now or not knowing how to figure things out and something will land in your lap, but you've got to do the mindset work. You've got to stay open to it. You know, all of the stuff that you teach and, you know, the money mindset stuff, that is, if, you, if you're struggling in your business, if that's not working, if things aren't working, forget everything else and double down on the money mindset stuff because you're going to find that that's where the miracles start. That's where the miracles Absolutely. come from. Absolutely, absolutely. And on that note, we're going to take a, we're going to wrap this up. So, Michelle, you are so amazing. Tell everybody how can we connect with you? How can you find you on the internet? Yeah. So, my website is michellehext.com. So, you can go there. Um, you can also head to my Insta, which is again, Michelle Hext. And um, yeah, I'd love to have you in my DMs if you thought that what I had to say was something that resonated with you and you want to say hi please feel free to dm me i'm open to that and i check my own dms i manage it myself awesome fantastic which is quite unique actually nowadays because a lot of the time it, we do they do have uh, vas doing that but so if you are interested in speaking to um michelle or working with her go check her out i i make sure i follow her on insta and she is amazing and she has a Thank lot you. of uh, really really valuable content as well so do go and check her out she's fabulous and um, if you are listening to us on the podcast, then we will have all these details for you, all her links to her Insta and her website on the show notes. And if you're watching us on the YouTube, then down below in the description section, in the we will have her links again. Do go check her out. Like I said, she is amazing. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. And uh, thank you so much for coming back. And for us thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. And um, hopefully we'll get to see you soon. And hopefully everyone will get to hear your um, Friday feature afterwards. So thank you so much for today. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thank you, everybody. Thank you. And I will be back with another amazing guest on a Friday feature, sharing their life and finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.